The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Today on the show, which Green Bay wide receivers can you start? We're going to preview this exciting Thursday game, even without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. I think the Packers are going to give them a game, and I really can't wait. So we will do the starts and the sits for Arizona and Green Bay. We'll talk buy low, sell high, as usual, on these Wednesday shows. Take a little bit of a look at schedules. I'm going to ask you guys, can Mike Kosicki... Dalton Schultz and Marquise Brown in particular, can they keep it going if their teams get healthy and maybe the target share decreases a little bit? But also we'll hear from you guys and find out your favorite buy lows and sell highs and Halloween candies. Heath, candy corn, yay or nay? Uh, No, no, no. Wasn't there like a candy corn beer or something like that? Did you ever see? I'm sure. I'm certain there was a candy corn beer. Basically, any candy that's ever been made, there has now been a beer made in the flavor of that candy. And how do we feel about pumpkin beer? Mostly, um, I'm anti-pumpkin beer. But there is one, I believe it's Southern Tier, makes a pumpkin. And it's like an imperial pumpkin. And it's, it's pretty good. But for the most part, I'm not a pumpkin beer kind of guy. I do like pumpkin pie. Mm. Oh, yeah. I could rather have pumpkin beer. What's up, Dave? What's up, man? All this pumpkin pie talk is making me hungry. Yeah, not for Of course, I'm I'm hungry the second I wake up. (laughs) Uh, So today we're going to do buy low, sell high, but we're going to put a little twist on it. Dave gave me an inspiration. We're going to do kind of a let's make a deal. Twist on buy low, sell high. You guys tell me who you want to buy low and sell high on. I've got eight mystery boxes. You get to choose either keep the player that you want to buy or what's in the box. So that should be fun. We'll see how it goes. And uh, what'd you say? Sounds complicated. Yeah, very complicated. Why don't we start it off with something that's not complicated? Who's your favorite buy low? Favorite buy low right now, Dave Richard. Can I name two? You can. It's the two I gave on uh, FFT and five yesterday. It's the Chiefs quarterback and the Chiefs receiver. 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 Uh, yes, Chad Henney and Byron Pringle. Let's go get them. <laughs> uh, look, Mahomes three straight games under twenty-seven fantasy points for him. That's lower than expectations. Obviously, last week was really bad. Now's the time to pounce, especially if the guy that has Mahomes is somehow three and four, two and five they're trying to make a move one way that they might be able to make a move is by taking in a lesser quarterback and another starter on their team you can provide that lesser quarterback and another starter and get yourself Patrick Mahomes I am positive that the Chiefs will turn this thing around they play the Giants this week should happen as soon as this Monday night Tyreek Hill is connected to Patrick Mahomes we know that he's had some pretty rough games lately I think he turns it around as well these are two great players that teams with playoff aspirations and five plus wins should go and try and acquire ASAP. Yeah, you know, we actually got an Apple podcast question. We're going to get to those later from Keenan in San Diego. Where's he from, Dave? San Diego. Yeah. You just said. Yeah, he is. Uh, well, you're trying to see if I'm paying attention. No, I just oh. I thought it's a funny bit. Uh, he says, on Hilarious. Sunday night, you get, thank you. You said that you would trade Kyler Murray for Mahomes hands down. Can you dive into this more? Do we still believe that or was that reactionary? I said that. You believe that? Fun. Did I? I said that though. I did. I think you guys agreed. I definitely agreed. I'm. I've got Mahomes a point higher on the trade chart. I don't have a problem if somebody does it. You want to hear something nuts? You're not going to believe this. Patrick Mahomes has rushed for 219 yards. Kyler Murray has rushed for 126 yards. Mahomes is running all over the place. He's fifth in the NFL in. 
quarterback rushing yards. He's sixth per game behind uh, Josh Allen. He's a little bit ahead of him, but Allen's played one fewer game. But Mahomes is actually running a lot more than ever. So imagine if that keeps up and he's and he's still, uh, you know, Mahomes. So okay, Heath, who's your favorite by low? You know, I first off, I pour one out for Miles Sanders, who would have been the greatest by low if he hadn't got hurt last week, and still might be a great by low who you can acquire for almost nothing. Um, but I'm going to go, he's not my favorite because he's currently hurt right now. We don't know how long he's going to be out. So I'm going to go with his teammate, Devonte Smith. I do expect he will have a better finish to the season than he's had a start to the season. We've talked about this Eagles closing schedule quite a bit. Basically they play the jets, the giants and the Washington football team for the last month and a half of the season. Um, it's a fantastic closing schedule with worse pass defenses than run defenses. And so I, I think you'll see Devontae Smith be a top 20 wide receiver from, say, week 13 or 14 on. Okay, this is a really interesting one. This is one that I listed in, in the buy lows as well, but as a question mark, because he has almost no red zone and green zone involvement. He does not have a target inside the 10-yard line. He has only two targets inside the 20-yard line this year. Uh, but Devontae Smith is dominating targets on the team he has a 22 percent target share and he's been very inconsistent three big games four bad games basically but if you just look at the raw numbers in 16 games he's on pace for 73 catches 928 yards only two touchdowns on 121 targets that's great for a rookie so I think you know if you compare him to Jamar Chase you're obviously let down a little bit but for most rookies he's having a really good year and you think all right maybe that's going to you know kind of springboard him uh, in the second half at the same time Hertz has issues. You got this report in the Athletic from Bo Wolf saying he'd be he expects at some point Gardner Minshew to make a, make a start or some starts for the Eagles. So Heath, you know, how confident can you really be given all those things? Because it's just been for a guy who's had as many targets as he had fifty three yards, the con, or fifty three targets. The con, it's been so inconsistent, and I, you know what I'm getting at here. He's a little bit tough to trust, I think. When you don't score very many touchdowns, you're more liable to be inconsistent. And I think like if he has a second-half breakout, it might be more of a DJ Moore-type second-half breakout where he gets more efficient in terms of the yards he's producing. I don't think he's going to have a stretch where he scores five touchdowns in the final six games of the season, probably. But that doesn't prevent him, as DJ Moore has shown us, from being a top 20 and very valuable fantasy-wide receiver. All right. So I'm not particularly worried about Jalen Hurts. And I did, we had an email like, why do you guys hate Jalen Hurts? Because we always say, I, I actually wrote fantasy quarterback. I replied a bad to NFL quarterback. Yeah, I replied I think, to that one. Yeah. I think he's kind of right. Um, Jalen Hurts is basically still a rookie quarterback. Like we, we have not given Trevor Lawrence near as much hate as we have Jalen Hurts. I, I don't um, think that we've been too hard on Jalen Hurts. I just think that uh, I think he's, I don't think we know that he's a bad NFL quarterback. No, yet. nobody nobody should have said that. I I don't think anyone's actually said that. I I think right now he's not a very good NFL quarterback, but he you know as a passer, this what what's relevant is how good is he as a passer because we're talking about Devontae Smith here. And obviously, right. Hertz is not a great passer right now. Well, but I think, like, as we've seen with Marquise Brown, early in Lamar Jackson's career, when he was not as good a passer as he currently is, but probably a better passer than people gave him credit for, um, it, Lamar Jackson's running ability helped make up for some of his inaccuracy as a passer as far as it related to Marquise Brown. Because yeah. Marquise Brown was wide open on plays because everybody was so worried about Lamar Jackson as a runner. So I do think Hurts' rushing ability is relevant to how he is as an NFL quarterback and to Devontae Smith. But mostly, even if it was Gardner Minshew, I think Devontae Smith could still be a second-half by low. Okay, so we'll do our little let's make a deal. And actually, in honor of a horror movie and Halloween, we're going to call it, What's in the box? One of the weirdest lines. Uh, that's Brad Pitt in seven, just freaking out, what's in the box. Uh, all right, so we have eight mystery boxes, Heath. You can have Devontae Smith or any of the eight mystery boxes. So, Dave, should I tell him vaguely what are, what are in the boxes? No. The description? No, but I think I should. Nope. You've got to pick oh, the box first, and then you've got to tell him the description. If it's Devontae Smith or a mystery box, I'm going to take Devontae Smith. Well, that's not fun. 
I think I should well, tell wait a you. Minute. Do you want to know the vague description? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the vague description. That's what I was going to tell him. You should him. get all the information before you make a decision. You just told well, me. I thought no. you just said that he wasn't going to tell me the <laughs> vague description. No, you have to, I think you have to pick a box and then you get the description. Well, no, that doesn't help. All right, here's I'm going to run this game here. All right, Heath. Mystery box number one. You left one letter out. What what did I what do you mean? You said you were going to run this game. Add an I. Oh, in run. That's cool. uh, <laughs> I already did that. All right, mystery box number one. You renamed the game that we're playing for the first time. So yes, you may have already shut up. Ahead, mystery box number one is a wide receiver on a team with a bird mascot. It's not Devontae Smith. What mystery box number two is two NFC West running backs. You could have Devontae Smith or two NFC West running backs. That'd be Eli Mitchell and Alex Collins, I presume. Mystery box number three is an NFC East running back and wide receiver. Uh, you can't do mystery box number three. One of them is Devontae Smith. Uh, <laughs> mystery box number four. I would like mystery box number three over Devontae Smith, no. please. Mystery box number four is a current top 10 wide receiver. Mystery box number five is a current top five tight end. Are you willing to trade Devontae Smith for either of those? Where we we've we've hit the ruin part of this. Go ahead. Yeah, I right, will stop there. Devonte Smith for any of the current top ten wide receivers. So I I'd take the ter- current top ten wide receiver. You just got Marquise Brown. Okay. Congratulations. Good trade. Thanks. Good Thanks. trade. All right, Marquise Brown is off the board. In my league. All right, uh, Dave. Best sell high right now. I I'd like to sell high on Mike Evans. Coming off of a three-touchdown game against the Bears, eventually Gronk's going to be back. Could be this week. Uh, Antonio Brown's going to be back. What's going to happen to his target share, his touchdown production, his yardage when Tom Brady's got everybody back on the field? I certainly don't think he's going to have a lot of two-touchdown games, much less three-touchdown games. If you've had Mike Evans, you've gotten maybe the best numbers that he's going to get this year. Still a startable fantasy receiver, don't get me wrong. We're all going to start him. But... I mean, we we saw him kind of wilt a little bit when Antonio Brown was on the field, and Gronk wasn't. Now they're all going to be back. A lot of mouths to feed. So if you can if you can turn Mike Evans into something good, I would do it. I want to say he has pretty bad history against Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints. That's this week's. He's matchup. been okay. He's been. It's not great. And in week fifteen as well. So he has him. He has. Buffalo, um, we talked about. It. He's got some tough cornerbacks coming up. All right. So Mike Evans. Would you rather have Mike Evans? Well, I, I got I debated this with Chris the other day. Mike Evans or Debo Samuel? I thought you were doing Mike Evans or the mystery box. Uh, I'll do that oh, later yeah. for the for the buy lows. These are the sell highs. Nobody, you know, you don't want to keep the sell highs. But would you trade Mike Evans for? All right, all right, fine, fine. Well, but answer my question first. Mike Evans or Debo? I've got Evans higher on the value chart than Debo. Uh, it's very actually Debo's higher in full PPR, non PPR. It's Mike Evans who's higher, but they're both sell high candidates. Okay, ready, Dave. You got seven no. mystery boxes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna offer you three. I offer me one. Pick one that you haven't talked about yet. Okay. I'm either Mike Evans or the mystery box. Mike Evans or an AFC South starting running back. Mm. Could be Robinson, could be Taylor. Those guys are awesome. Could be Derrick Henry. That guy's awesome. Or Mark Ingram. Or it could be Mark Ingram. So I got a 75% chance of getting a stud running back. I'll take the box. All right. Give me the box. It is Mark Ingram for Mike ah, Evans, Dave. Yeah, I never thought you had a 75% chance of a stud running back. <laughs> well, I got some good ones out here. You know, some of them have to be bad. Adam clearly has some good ones. Marquise Brown was in a box. That's right. That's right. All right, Heath, best sell high. I think it's Joe Burrow. Um, not because I don't think Joe Burrow can't be a, a low end number one quarterback, but he's been a lot better than that the last couple of weeks. He's probably coming off um what will end up being one of his best games of the season. I still have a little bit concern that they are not going to be a high paced, high passing offense. Um, I think this week against the Jets will tell us a lot more. But he's not running at all. So he has like I don't think it's very likely that he's going to be a top five quarterback just as a passer because he's not throwing it 45 times a game like Tom Brady. So if if somebody's seen what Burrow's done the last couple of weeks, 
Um, I would still rather have Dak than him. I'd still rather have Justin Herbert than him. He's been better than both of them before this season. I would like to see if I could turn Joe Burrow and something else into Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. I don't hate that plan at all. Uh, actually, I actually like that game plan. I think there will be some low output games for Burrow. But when I say low output, I'm thinking low 20s, maybe high, high teens. And this could be one of those games. Let's face it, Joe Mixon should go off against the Jets. And and Burrow might still get two touchdowns, but it might come with 195 yards, something like that. So I, I, I get where you're coming from. Let me give you three names, Heath. Let's say you've got Burrow. I've got these three players. Which rank these three in terms of what you would do in a one-for-one trade? Jerry Judy, Michael Thomas, Chris Carson. I'm presuming I have a top 12 quarterback in addition to Joe Burrow if I'm trading him for a non-quarterback. You don't, though. Let's say that you're planning on trading Burrow and then you're going to stream the position. Okay, so it's Judy, Michael Thomas, and who? Chris Carson. Rank those three as compensation that you would accept. Which one would you accept the most? Or want the most? Which one would so, you be okay like, on? Carson's definitely last. Okay. Carson's definitely last. I'm not. I'm very uncertain that Chris Carson's going to be a starting fantasy running back again, ever. So you would um, rather have Burrow than stream quarterbacks and put Chris Carson on your IR? For sure. Got it. Um, Judy and Michael Thomas are really, really close. I would probably put Judy first, and I'd probably take Judy. But Thomas would be if unless I was like six and one or seven and zero, and then I'd probably take Michael Thomas. Okay, got it. Well, if you want an edge on setting your DFS lineup, please check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast, bringing you all of the DFS insights that you need to dominate in DFS. Frank Stanfield, Mike McClure, and Sian Ajad provide cash and GPP analysis. Shows are on Tuesdays and Thursdays, deep dives into pricing and matchups. Listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. All right, this segment is called Hey Real Quick, rest of season. And I do mean Hey Real Quick. Michael Thomas or Antonio Brown? Brown. Maybe. Christian McCaffrey or James Robinson? Robinson. Um, Robinson's going to score more points rest of season. I would guess McCaffrey would be better points per game, and it totally depends on whether you're above or below 500, who I'd prefer to have right now. DJ Moore or Leonard Fournette? Let's say full PPR. Moore. Fournette. Terry Fournette's McClure. a so high candidate. Fournette is? He could be. But I, that's be the kid. thing, though. If you if he's a sell-high candidate and you're not willing to take a top-12 wide receiver for him, how high do you have to sell? I would mm. want something in addition to DJ Moore. I am not Even in convinced that DJ Moore is a top-12 wide receiver. You are? He's right. currently number eight. Yes, I don't. I, I am not. I am not looking at rest of season rankings as, uh, you know, what is Devontae Adams right now? He's... He's fourth. I still think he's number well. COVID. I Where's guess. Tyreek Hill. He's two. Believe it or two. not. Um, yes. <laughs> wow. So so DJ Moore is number four. Sam Darnold threw for two hundred ninety five or more yards in each of his first four games. You think he's going to re- reach that four more times this season? They're an absolute mess right now. So I I, I do not value DJ Moore as number I eight overall. I do not think the last three Panthers games are significantly more predictive than the first. Four. Okay, then pick up Sam Darnold. I know you don't think I, Sam Darnold. I, I didn't good. want to start Sam Darnold after the first four games. He's not going to. He was playing over it. his head. So you don't believe that Sam Darnold is the a, a good quarterback like he showed in the first three games of the year, but you think DJ four Moore games. is a top 12 wide receiver. I, I think he can throw for 250 to 300 yards and one touchdown and an interception every week. That's Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Sometimes two interceptions. Yeah. But Sometimes that doesn't hurt DJ Moore. Well, why would but I why wouldn't you why wouldn't you take Leonard Fournette? Why I mean Fournette is the guy. He's catching three or four passes every game. Uh, they're like they're not messing with him. You know, uh, he looks like uh, a must start. You know, no doubt about it. Running. Yeah, I back. just think if we're going to say the I'm not taking what they've done so far. Using applying that to the Tampa Bay running back should probably happen as well. Why? It, it doesn't really seem like they're going to Ronald Jones this time. It, I mean, it really feels different, I, doesn't it? I understand. Th- don't it you think it feels different? I, I, I don't know. I don't think. I think it's a little bit different. Fournette has established himself for longer this time. It might take three mistakes now instead of one or two, but I don't think his job is one hundred percent secure for the rest of the season. 
All right. Terry McLaurin or Cordero. Guy on Fournette would be to like spin him up into a better running back. You take Fournette and another player and you go after one of the top fantasy rushers. All right. Terry McLaurin or Cordero Patterson? McLaurin. Hmm. But again, this is another guy who I thought was a top 12 wide receiver coming into the year, has been a top 12 wide receiver so far, and I expect to continue being a top 12 wide receiver. I, I get that with McLaurin. I've got Patterson higher. He came out of the bye with more playing time for Atlanta. He, and he, he had a good game. He didn't have a great game, and he wasn't really that involved in the pass game. But I think that can change as the Falcons move forward. I'd rather have Patterson. Let's do some news. I'd, news. Rather have the, I'd put it this way. I'd rather have the running back. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's do some news and notes. Alan Rizard is on the reserve COVID list, but MVS could play this week. So you're not going to have Lazard. Probably not going to have Devontae Adams. That game is coming up. We're going to break that one down in a little bit. Um, DeAndre Hopkins missed practice with a hamstring injury, but we expect him to play. So Jordan Howard may be activated, according to a report, for the Eagles. And what would that, would that mean, Heath? I, it doesn't mean, like, it could mean something. It doesn't mean much to me. Um, the Eagles are going to be without a running back. It makes sense that they would activate another running back. They're going to have three or four, or if they have enough to play special teams, maybe but probably four active. So I, I still expect it's going to be Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. Um, Okay, so we mentioned the Gardner-Minshew thing. Bo Wolf of the Athletics would be surprised if Minshew doesn't start at some point this season for the Eagles. So if you have Jalen Hurts, you, you know. It's it's so interesting because, like, and I was talking to Jamie about this yesterday. There's legitimately four or five NFC teams who can go into practice this week thinking, okay, we can get a win this week, and then we're still in it. And the Eagles are one of those teams. They should expect to go beat the Lions. They go beat the Lions, they're three and five. As we talked about, they play five games against the Giants, Washington football team, and Jets to end the season. They've got a reasonable chance to think that they're competing for the final wildcard spot. I, I think the idea that Gardner Minshew might start, as much as I love Gardner Minshew, is probably based around the idea that they're going to be out of contention and they want to just see Gardner Minshew in their offense because they've given up on Jalen Hurts being their quarterback. I don't think that seems very likely with their remaining schedule. Okay, I think it's expedited if they lose to the Lions, though. Like, if Hurts lays an egg against Detroit and the Lions pull out a win, and I wouldn't put it past the Lions. They, they clearly are trying to pull out all the stops to win a football game. We saw that last week against the Rams. Right. Uh, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if things happened a lot faster in that regard. Hurts, need, he, Hurts needs to win this week. The fantasy and, production is great, but the Eagles coaches really don't care about his fantasy production. The, I understand that completely. I I would take objection to the lays an egg thing because if Hertz lays an egg this week, it would be the first egg that he's laid this season. And he's not losing these games. The so Eagles, I, the rest of the team around him is not good. I, I'm sorry, man. I I just I think that you know would it be the the first fantasy egg that he would lay if if Hertz laid an egg? Yes, but. I, I just don't understand. I I mean, Jalen Hurts is not a good passer. I, I I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. When you watch the broadcast, you know, the announcers keep saying he underthrows his deep ball. He underthrows his deep ball. He's extremely inaccurate. He was awful against the Cowboys on national TV. I'm sorry. I just, I think he is a problem for them right now. I'm not condemning him to a career of bad football. He could obviously become great. He's super athletic. He's got talent. But I just think the facts are he hasn't been a very good quarterback. He's a reason why they are struggling. He is a reason, he, not the reason. He, he has been reason. an inefficient passer as the most pressured quarterback in the NFL. Um, but, like, I have a hard time, and we, we had this debate with Lamar Jackson, too. I have a hard time saying a guy that completed 64% of his passes and threw for 326 yards was awful. He was passing awful. The ball Did you watch that game? The amount of yes, plays that he that missed? I, Do you remember I, the plays I, I he missed? I think it's the same thing as Lamar so Jackson early in his career. His misses really bother you because they're so bad that that's you can't do that in the nfl what's that you can't do that you can't do that in the nfl like you can't miss easy balls have you watched lamar jackson this year i I mean i haven't seen every throw but he's he's a much improved passer from what i've seen that's what happens to quarterbacks i'm not saying that jalen hurts do you remember josh allen dude i you're misinterpreting my argument i'm not saying jalen hurts can't be that i'm not saying that 
I'm saying that he isn't that right now. I'm saying that he is not a good passer right now. And the Eagles, I think they feel that I way. It seems like everybody are, feels are, that way. And I think you are ex- exaggerating his faults as a passer. All right. I mean, maybe that's possible. Well, but How about this? Last three games, he took on the Panthers, the Bucks, and the Raiders. He completed less than 55% of those throws. I, would, I don't care I what you want to yeah. use. That's not good. Right. Now, unless you're going to tell me that his receivers had you know, three or four drops in each game, I, I'm going to say that Hurts is struggling as a passer given that metric in his last three games. I would agree with you about the Cowboys game, Heath. Just the fact that he came out of that game. He wasn't perfect. Obviously, two interceptions in the game. But he completed well over 60% of his oh, throws. But we came, we, after the game, we were like, gosh, Jalen Hurts really st- uh, struggled last night. I mean, just... Right, but he's also struggled now. And th- he bounced back from that game. And since then, the, the last three games I just talked about, that's been the struggle. And I think if the Eagles continue to see him struggle like that, where he's not completing... 60% of his throws and he's not throwing downfield as much or challenging downfield as much. Um, and he's done some of that. I, I shouldn't say that that's the problem. The bigger problem is just accuracy. Yeah. It hasn't been there for him. I, I look, this I just want to be clear. Great for him. I am not it, statistically. I, if you line him up against the first and second year quarterbacks that are currently playing in the NFL, he would be in the upper half statistically as a passer. All right. Uh, listen, half, I am not, I am not saying that he's bad. I'm not saying that he's going to be bad. I'm saying that he has struggled as a passer. And yeah, that's just that's just the reality of it. And I really feel like, you know, you you are spinning the stats in a very positive way because it just seems like the people that cover the team and the fans, it just seems like they don't think that Jalen Hurst is a very good passer. And this well, is the same. And I have to, yeah, yeah, I don't care what the fans think. Well, but but you should because this is what I talked about with like Terod Taylor, right? Nobody in Buffalo wanted to keep Terod Taylor. And a lot of the people, oh, Taylor, look at the, this and this and this. Taylor's really good. He's really no, he's not. Like, and, and and that's why he's a career backup now. It's like, I don't know. I mean, the the writing's on the wall that Jalen Hurts right now is not getting it done, and they don't seem sold but on. Why him. do they? Don't why seem have we sold. talked so much more about that with him than these six or seven other first or second year quarterbacks that have been worse as him as a passer? We uh, shouldn't I, be. I, yeah, you're right about that. Probably, yeah. You, that's. I mean, that's a good point. But I think okay. because he's in his second so, year, because he's in his second year, and and he hasn't, he only started it's four not games. Not fair to last say he's year. in his second year because he barely played in his first year. So I think Heath's point there is spot on. The question that I've got is how patient are the Eagles going to be with him? We know the Jaguars are going to be super patient with Trevor Lawrence. We know the Patriots with Mac Jones, the Bears with Justin Fields, 49ers with Trey Lance. But this goes on. Mac Wilson, and in the Mac Jets, Jones defense, he's been better than all, most of them. Be patient. They have to be patient with all of those quarterbacks. I don't know how patient the Texans are going to be with Davis Mills. And I don't know how patient the Eagles are going to be with Jalen Hurts. But if they really think that he's a possible solution to their quarterback issue, then there should be no talk about Gardner Minshew taking over for him. They need to let him go through it just like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson yeah. during the half of his rookie year that he played and then into 2019 when he was on fire and then he struggled in the playoffs and then in 2020 when he was up and down a little bit. And this year, he's come out great as a passer. Same thing with Josh Allen. That's the question is, do do the Eagles coaches want to move forward with Jalen Hurts? And if they're going to judge him on the last three games and then make a change, or if if he goes out and bombs against Detroit, then if they make a change after that, you know exactly where they stand and you know what the future is going to be like for Jalen Hurts. I agree with you, Heath. In time, if given the opportunity, I think Jalen Hurts could be a heck of a quarterback. Heck, I agree. I, I agree with that too. To I agree with that too. Don't don't put right words now, in my he's mouth. He's not playing well. That's the reality. Yeah, no, I don't put. I I am not. Again, I'm just asking not about that the we compare him as a passer to the other people, other players in the NFL with, with similar experience playing quarterback as a passer. I think that when you're just looking at completion percentage. That's not the whole story here. Yards I mean, like per attempt, Trevor like, Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to tell tell you. I don't know what the stats say. I have no idea. Trevor Lawrence is a better passer than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and like if you look at the 52 quarterbacks who have been first year quarterbacks in the last 10 years, Trevor Lawrence it, it looks abs like there's not a statistic that makes him look good. And I, but I will tell you that I think in my heart, in my eyes, I believe Trevor I Lawrence is a better. I am passer going than to Jalen choose. Hurts. Stats generally over your heart and your eyes. Yeah, but this is we're talking about the number one quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. You don't think he's a better passer than Jalen Hurts? How about everything that happened in college? He's a pocket. I'm not saying that. that. I'm saying thus far he has not been. Okay. 
Oh, that might be true, but I think that he is. And I don't even know. I'm not even looking at he, the actual right. numbers. He is a better passer. Well, you know what I'm saying? Team. Like I'm saying that if you put, if you're just saying hey, who's a better passer, Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurts, I think the answer is Trevor Lawrence. Okay, maybe this, maybe he hasn't performed that way, but he's a right. better. Right, and we'll just give him a free pass for a year and a half or two years because he's a young quarterback and he'll probably get better. No, because he yeah, is the no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Because he's the number one. Like pedigree has to matter here. Trevor Lawrence has a much better pedigree than Jalen Hurts. That has to matter at some point, right? That has to matter. Right now, it has to matter. Like, like Trevor Lawrence, prospect pedigree matters. Jalen Hurts is not Trevor Lawrence. All right. Sorry. Got worked up there. Um, well, I'm still worked up, but we can move on. But it's true. <laughs> I mean, all right. Washington worked up. Like, okay, fine, Heath. You're starting a franchise. Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurts? But that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. I'm I don't talking even about know what the we're... way that we talk about these quarterbacks and the way that we evaluate their performance. Yeah. Okay. So I right. I think I probably mixed up current versus future a little bit with with the Lawrence Hurts argument. I like, okay. you know fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, Washington worked out Carryon Johnson and Deontay Foreman, and I don't think that can make you feel too great about Antonio Gibson's shin. Uh, Miami signed Duke Johnson to the practice squad. Le- uh, left guard Andrews Pete for the Saints may have torn his pec. That would be a big loss for them. Um, Roger Goodell says he doesn't have enough information to put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner's exemplist, and we should talk about this, guys. Do you think Deshaun Watson plays this year if he gets traded? Yeah. Do you think yeah, we I should do. be stashing Deshaun Watson? I think if you have the roster spot to spare, regardless of your league size, you should you should put Deshaun Watson in that spot and carry him for the next seven days. By this time next week, we'll know what team Deshaun Watson's playing on and what his status is. Okay. And Jerry Judy will play this week. Ramondre Stevenson's status could be unpredictable, according to their running backs coach, Ivan Fears. You know, could just be between him and J.J. Taylor, who's better in practice that week. And Giants safety, Jabril Peppers, is out for the season. Kind of a third safety for them. Played a lot, but not exactly a starter. But tough loss for the Giants. All right. Um, was going to do buy low, sell high. But I think we should go right to the game because this is such an interesting game. Green Bay at Arizona. First, no, 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 wait, no, no, wait, no. wait, wait. Not yet. Not yet, Dave. We have a new sponsor first. Now, listen. Dave, remember back in 2019, Buffalo had Frank Gore. They kept giving him the ball at the end zone, in, in, near the end oh, zone. Yeah. And he just, yes, yeah. what happened? He, he never got in. He just came up short, right? Every time. And you remember? Josh Allen had to finish the job. A couple of weeks ago, you and I had a fantasy matchup in the podcast league, and you came up a little short. Less than a point. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't know what that's got to do with Frank Gore, but okay. Well, the point is, uh, sometimes, even the best come up short, okay? Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers three-putt sometimes. Nobody's perfect. And yes, this is actually a serious subject. I'm talking to the gentleman out there. If you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash FFT right now. GetRoman.com slash FFT. What is Roman? With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping, and the whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com FFT and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com FFT right now and got a great offer too. Get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash FFT. That is GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash FFT. Get started now and save $15 on your first month of treatment. Nah, 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 nah. Nah. Green Bay at Arizona. Stat of the game. James Conner has outscored Chase Edmonds in full PPR in five straight games. Yes, he has. But is this a James Conner game? Because if it's close, I've got on their schedule so far, I've got three close games. One of them was the Jacksonville game. They did win by 12, but it was close pretty late in the fourth quarter, about midway through. Uh, In three close games, 
he does not have more than 11 carries in any of those games. So has he earned that, though? Is he a bigger part of that? You know, is this a James Conner game? Dave, I'll let you start. I think every game is a James Conner game. I think what we're looking at from this Arizona offense is that James Conner still, I, I know last week was a little bit different. It was a blowout against Houston, and we saw Chase Edmonds play a ton of snaps. I think it was a season high for him. I think it was a season high for him at like right around 70%, and it was a season low for Connor. But I think that had to do with just the, the Cardinals wanting to get Edmonds a little bit more work. He had 15 carries, 90 total yards. Everybody was happy with what Edmonds did. Connor still scored, and it wasn't even a short yardage touchdown. He had to work a little bit to get it. I think he's still got that short yardage goal line role on lock. He's their bully back. And maybe in this game against the Packers, he's also going to be the closer different type of closer for this game against Green Bay versus what Chase Edmonds was in a laugher against uh, Houston. So I still like Connor better. I like his chances to score. He's been scoring a bunch. And Edmonds hasn't been getting that workload in the passing game like we had hoped to and like he got at the beginning of the year. His last three games, I want to say he's had seven catches and he hasn't had a good receiving average on those seven catches. And some of it had to do with the fact that he was playing through a shoulder injury, and maybe he's over that because they gave him 15 carries last week. But I'm I'm with Connor, PPR, non-PPR, much closer gap between the two of them. In fact, they might be even be back-to-back in my PPR rankings, but not in my non-PPR rankings. There is a gap there. And the last thing I'll say is it's Thursday night, and running backs tend to do better on Thursdays than they do on Sundays. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm back on Edmonds. That scared me quite a bit that James Conner played 30% of the snaps last week, and the only game he's played 55% of, or 50% of the snaps or more was at Cleveland the week that we know that Chase Edmonds was dealing with the shoulder injury and another blowout win. I just I really think, and I know he's scored what four of his past five games. But you look at his yardage totals and the fact that he just doesn't do anything at all in the passing game, and there's a super low floor, and I don't think in this game there's a particularly... I mean, they're really, for most of the season, except for the weeks that he scored two touchdowns, there hasn't been a very high ceiling. Um, so yeah. I, I do not really want to start James Conner. Do you want to start Jay, uh, Chase Edmonds? He's a borderline number two running back. So replacement running backs this week, uh, Khalil Herbert, Daryl Williams, ahead of these guys? For sure. Chuba Hubbard at Atlanta? Yep. Uh, I guess you'd have to make a decision on Thursday on Devontae Booker. I think we expect Saquon Barkley to practice this week. But if you well, knew, yeah. If if Barkley is, I'd probably just go ahead and start Edmonds over Booker anyway. Um, yeah. the, I, I would start Michael Carter over these guys. I'm not there yet. I've got both Cardinals ahead of Michael Carter. I've got them both ahead of Gaskin. I've got them both ahead of Gordon. Uh, Gainwell, we got to get we got to get to that right. Gainwell or uh, or a running back or Cardinals guy. I'll take a Cardinals running back over Kenneth Gainwell. All right, that's as of now. I think I have it: Edmonds, Gainwell, Scott, Connor. I and fin- I've got it. Oh, I'm sorry. Connor, Edmonds, Gainwell, Scott. Okay. Finishing yeah, up on I'm the not. Cardinals here. Uh, let me finish up on the Cardinals. So sure, Hopkins, sure, sure. Kyler, must starts. Uh, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, any interest, guys? As bye week replacements go, they're fine. As number three receivers go, they're okay. I don't feel comfortable recommending Green or Kirk, just generally. I've got them both right around wide receiver 40, which seems really low, but again, the 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 difference between last week and this week is enormous in terms of the number of available players we have to start. Right. Um, but there there are some significant names that I would start both Green and Kirk over. I'd start them over Judy. I'd start them over Julio. I'd start them over Tyler Boyd. Um, so I, I'm not anti them, but they're they're borderline low-end borderline number threes. The only one I'm with you on there is Boyd. I'd definitely start Julio and Judy ahead of them. Okay, and then Zach Ertz. Like him and love him this week. Yeah. He's definitely in the eh category. Eh for Ertz. I've got him 13th, and I actually have another eh, double eh, Evan Ingram, ahead of him in full PPR. Zach Ertz is my second favorite tight end in this game. Ah, there you go. All right. So, Tunyon over Ertz. Okay. And Dave, are you also Tunyon over Ertz? 
I am. Okay. And Tunyon over Ingram as well. Yeah. And all right. How about Ricky Seals Jones or a tight end in this game? I have Seals Jones ranked the highest. Uh, Seals Jones, I believe. Okay. Then let's go over to the Packers here. Starter sit Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Uh, I've got him 12th at quarterback. I don't feel great about him without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. I had him at 11th with Lazard. I moved him down one spot. I'm I'm going to make the case for Valdez Scantling in a couple of minutes, but I, I do worry about Aaron Rodgers having a 300-yard, three-touchdown type of game without his absolute best receiver and another solid wide receiver. Can he make it work? Yeah. Can he make it work to the point where he's thrown three touchdowns? I'm a little nervous about that. I think Green Bay would be wise to come out running the football a lot, leaning on their two running backs. The short Absolutely. week, the fact that those guys have been playing well, despite the numbers not being what they what we wanted them to be for Jones last week, uh, I think they're absolutely in a great spot to to run roughshod against Arizona. Okay, yeah, so I, I'm lower on Rodgers than Dave is. Um, Seventeen. I, I do think that they should go run heavy. And the fact is, like Aaron Rodgers has given us, like there's a chance he finishes top twelve, and you start somebody over him you shouldn't have. I don't think there's really that big a risk that he gives you one of those games. You're like, oh, I can't believe I missed that. He's only had two top six weeks this season with Devontae Adams. I don't think he's going to give us one this week. All right. He has been great without Adams over the last two years, if that matters. Sure. And I think, and, and I mentioned this yesterday, I think he's excited about the prospect of playing without Adams. And Vance Joseph of the Cardinals kind of mentioned it. He said it's going to be a tougher challenge for us because now he's got to play a little bit more. I think he used the word cleanly. He's got to spread the ball around. We don't know exactly where he's going to go with it, what he's going to do with it. But I, I, I could see... I guess without Adams there, I think the range of outcomes is just much wider toward the bottom than it is toward the top. Sure. Keith's right. There's really no shot of a top six finish. All right, so hold on. So let me talk about the the streamers, basically. Uh, guys you may have picked up. Would you start... Well, first of all, would you start Kirk Cousins over at Rodgers? I would. Would you start uh, Taylor Heineke against Denver? I would not. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater in that game, Washington. For sure. For me. I'm not there yet. Matt Ryan against Carolina. Yep. I'm there. Yes. Okay. Carson Wentz. Not yeah. there yet. All right. So a lot of yeses for Heath. Did you say Heath that one? Heath I said yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Start Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon is a number three running back. I, I do wonder if they use Dylan a little bit more in the passing game. We've seen that without Devontae Adams. The running backs get a ton of catches from Aaron Rodgers. 33% target share in the six games that Adams has missed for the running backs over the past <laughs> two years. 33%. Awesome. You figure 20 of those probably go to Aaron Jones, but that might mean four targets for Dylan. Okay. Um, but, yeah, still, he's not – I mean, can't call him a great start or anything like that. So, pick a wide receiver for the Packers, Heath. The, the only one I would consider would be Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but it would be completely as a boom-bust flex play, just hoping that he scores a 50-yard touchdown. Like He probably gets six targets. The problem is, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, six targets means two or three catches. Even with Aaron Rodgers, he consistently has a 30 to 40, maybe 50% catch rate. Um, so he's got to have the big 40-yard play, or he's got to get into the end zone. Some positives on Valdez Scantling. Number one, uh, I watched all of his targets from this year. There weren't that many, but I watched them. No mistakes, no drops. I think he fell down once, so I don't know if that counts really that much against him. A lot of deep routes. There's no question about it, but he caught a bunch of short area passes as well. Doesn't run a full route tree. Has an opportunity to be the number one target getter for the Green Bay Packers against Arizona. And so there probably will be in the neighborhood of two to four deep throws from Rodgers. I would imagine he can catch one of those. And then I think he's got a shot at maybe four to five other targets in that short to intermediate range. And now we're talking about a lot of work for Valdez Scantling, which sounds foreign to us, but it's because there's no Lazard and there's no Devontae Adams. And who else do they have? They have Randall Cobb, who's probably safe for 10 PPR points, but Equinemius St. Brown, kind of a worse version of Valdez Scantling. He could come through on a deep ball. He could have a breakaway play, but he really just doesn't have a lot of 
experience or the track record of doing something like that. And Amari Rogers is a lot like Randall Cobb as a short area target type of wide receiver. So I think that they really don't have a choice, but when they do throw the ball, Valdez Scantling is going to be the one that's got the most upside. So I, I'm with you, Heath, as far as a boom-bust flex. I've got him right around 36th in my PPR receiver rankings, and I'm kind of intrigued by him. And the best part is, is that you can stash him on your IR, and you have to do this because, and we should honestly have prefaced this before we even started talking about Valdez Scantling. We have to make sure he's actually activated for the game. It yeah. sounds like he will. Um, I feel pretty confident that he will. But you can stash him in your IR spot for now, and then when he's activated, you'll have the choice of taking him out of that IR spot if you want to. Would you start MVS if you knew he was playing, or Kenneth Gainwell? Gainwell. I think Gainwell's the safer play. How about MVS or J.D. McKissick? Gainwell. Um, MVS or J.D. McKissick? I I think I'd go... I think I'd go about the scantling. I'd probably go pick up Khalif Raymond. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, then. And that's pretty much it. We talked about Robert Tunyon. By the way, if this matters to you, the Cardinals have allowed the third fewest pass plays of 20-plus yards and only two pass, plays all year, two pass plays all year of 40-plus yards. And the two teams that have given up fewer pass plays of 20-plus yards both had a bye, Buffalo and the Chargers. So... You could say they might be the second best in the NFL behind Buffalo so far at allowing big pass plays, but uh, they—I think they faced you know, fairly easy competition, a little bit uh, up and down, up and down. And but they uh, certainly have when it comes to tight ends. Like they, they rank number one in fantasy points, yeah. fewest fantasy points allowed to tight ends, but the best tight end they've seen is Tyler Higby. But I don't know if any team has played more incredibly talented wide receivers. Like they have played a huge number of great wide receivers, and none of them have gone over eighty yards. Yeah, the only ones who have had um, more than sixty-five yards are KJ Osborne, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now, in fairness, Marquez Valdez Scantling fits in well yeah. with that yeah. group, right, right? But he doesn't have AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson on the field with him. You know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Uh, those, you know, they they took away. They did a pretty good, damn good job against these great receivers. But it is interesting. Right? It is interesting to see who's produced against this team. Um. All right. Uh, so, Dave, I think that's it for third. Oh, DSTs, sit them, start them, start them, sit them. I mean, sit them. If I had to pick one, it would be the the uh, Cardinals DST, obviously. Okay. That's it for Thursday night football. No, 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 no. We'll take a quick break on fantasy football today. Come back, answer more of your questions, talk a little buy low, sell high, and get some dynasty in there as well. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, the the Jalen Hurts thing kind of derailed the mystery box game a little bit. And Heath, I know you wanted to talk about dynasty trade targets. Did you want to get into that? If you want to do that now, that would be fantastic. Let's do it. All right. Dynasty trade stuff is the name of the segment. What do we got? I think we should start with just some rules of thumb for this time of year. First off, you should know whether you are a true contender or whether you are playing for draft picks. If you are playing for draft picks, you should not, in my opinion, have any running backs who are age 26 or older on your team. That makes a lot of the top running backs sell highs for teams that do not plan on competing for the rest of this season. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, all of those guys approaching a point where if you're just thinking about competing next year, it is more likely next year their value goes down than up. And it's, I would say the same thing with any wide receiver in the age 28 to 29 range. Um, 
I I do not want to. DeAndre Hopkins is a prime example. Devontae Adams, even. Like, if you're not playing for this year, it's time to turn those guys into draft picks. Okay. The mm-hmm. the flip side is if you're not is I I am trying to acquire the rookies like Devontae Smith we talked about earlier, who ha, or second year players who have not yet popped. Javante Williams, a great example. Any of the quarterbacks because they've all been awful. I want to ask you something here. I haven't brought this up yet. But since the two of you are playing each other this week, actually, in uh, in the Tankathon in your Dynasty League, yeah. uh, have you looked at mock drafts lately? Because most of the top 10 to 15 is non-skill position players. This is not Javante Smith, Jalen Waddell, Kyle Pitts, Jamar I, Chase. I don't know how much stock to put into those at this time of year, considering what the last year and a half of college football have been. Like we've uh, uh, had some real late emergers in over the last couple of years because some of these guys, like a lot of these guys didn't play last year or played six or seven games. Yeah, and, and so it was supposed to be a deep draft class this year because uh, a lot of players kept an extra year of eligibility. So this was supposed to be a loaded draft class. But right now, when I look at mock drafts, I don't see these uh, wide receivers. I, that's why I'm not putting as much weight into that. All right. Okay. Works for me. So how are you guys... Uh, what are your starting lineups going to be this week? Well, we had a really interesting turn of events on the waiver wire last night because Dave's only quarterback is Joe Burrow. So according to the rules of our league, Dave has to start Joe Burrow. So he went and spent 17%, I believe, of his fab on Joe Flacco. <laughs> and so I spent 1% of my fab on Mike White. It will be. It's going to be a problem for Dave if Mike White is named the starter, as we expect. No, it's not. Do we have, can still play. You cannot start a backup quarterback. It's been very clear about that. Hold on a second. We knew going into the game, going into this week, that Flacco could still play. I can we, start. I've Flacco seen nothing saying. Play. I've seen. I've seen. If 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 you can point me to a quote from a coach that Joe Flacco is expected to play this week, does it have to be a Jets coach? <laughs> Coach Dave Richard. <laughs> but, um, but you'll so, know yeah. by Sunday. You'll know who's starting. What? Yeah, right. Yeah, you, yeah. If Mike White's starting, then Dave is uh, is in a in really a pickle. Well, <laughs> that I'll just start Burrow. Yeah, I'll yeah. probably win then if that's the case. Who else? Uh, uh, well, any other I fun decisions? I that I'm in this spot. Um. Yeah, I, I've got some tough spots because I've been starting Ty Johnson. And uh, I'm going to have to replace him in my lineup. Right now, I've got Marlon Mack and Savon Ahmed at running back. My wide receivers are Elijah Moore, Josh Reynolds, and Josh Gordon. Uh, at flex, I've got DJ <laughs> Dallas and Chris Evans. My tight end is Pharaoh Brown. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. The it's problem so is, I, 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 this is an IDP league, and I've got pretty decent defensive players, and you just can't stash so many of them that you start bad defensive players as well. So this will be a game that's, um, and, and if Gerard Taylor comes off the IR, then I'm going to have to make a decision with what I do with a roster spot. Cause I have to bench Davis mills to start Taylor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For those of you not following David and Heath are both trying to tank in this dynasty league. Dave, what's your starting lineup going to look like? And, and Heath has a one game lead on me for, for one of those picks, and I helped him out by losing to a team that was previously winless last week. I've got Flacco in a quarterback. I plan on keeping him there. Carter, Michael Carter is my top running back along with Jarrett Patterson. We know that Patterson will play to some degree for the football team. My wide receivers, oh, listen to this group, K.J. Osborne, Darnell Mooney, and Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> Dan Arnold with my tight end. My flexes are pretty good. It's Tyler Boyd and Tyler Higby. I'm looking for some. You're gonna crush him. <laughs> You're gonna crush him. My IDPs. Well, that's the, the thing. Dave my says bench is, is my bench is loaded with all the players that I was planning on going for it with this year. Dave should currently be three and four, heading for four and four, and headed to the playoffs. But you're. We're, right, I'm but really I'm got a two. I've got a two game edge on you because you have scored 407 more points than me. In seven weeks. Sure, because there was a point this year where I was trying to win. 
So that's what I'm saying. Like if you if if I win this week, we're both two wins, but I still have the first pick. Yeah, I Dave, you should you should just go for it, man. Like you're not well, or just get the second pick. I guess not a huge deal. All right, let me get a little more trade talk in here. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I just think that you just look at his paces of pass attempts and rush attempts over the last three seasons. He's basically this year and the last two years about the same amount of carries. You know, his rushing totals are are pretty similar, but he's throwing so much more. So it doesn't make sense for him to be. I wouldn't even say he's struggling that much, but you know, it's the game log has been very inconsistent. The usage, though, of Lamar Jackson, he's just the most involved player. He's in every facet of it, and it's its just ridiculous. I, I really feel like, because I know, Heath, you'd agree with this. Finally, we could be on the same page. A little more touchdown luck for Lamar Jackson. He could be he could be just, oh, crap, I'm facing Lamar Jackson this week. I, it's over. It could be that good. So, right? I mean, agree? With this usage, I think that most projections would say Lamar Jackson is probably going to be the best quarterback in fantasy the rest of the season. Right. Um, but he had he had a 7.2% touchdown rate for his career coming into this season. He has a 4.4% touchdown rate now for this year. Now, you would expect if he throws more, that rate to come down. And if it's 7.2, you'd expect it to come down anyway. But it's at least he's at least two to three passing touchdowns shy of where he should be, and we know who's, a, who's those went through <laughs> Marquise Brown's hands. Right, right. Uh, Miles um, Gallup. It's really oh, kind of the same right. thing on rushing as well. Like he's he's not. I I would expect he'd have at least one, maybe two more rushing touchdowns than he has based on what he's done for his career. Mm-hmm. All right, Miles Gaskin, I wanted to ask you about. Is this a, actually a buy high, or maybe he's a buy low because people still don't buy him? Or do you wait because maybe he has a bad game against Buffalo and then it's a much better schedule a- after that? Um, but the Malcolm Brown injury, I mean, just even if you want to say buy low or so high, do you think Miles Gaskin is a reliable starting running back in your fantasy team while Malcolm Brown is out? I'll say yes. I'll say that he is because I don't think he leaves the Dolphins with much choice. I don't think they're comfortable putting everything on Savan Ahmed's plate. And I think that at worst there would be a 50 50 split between those two but they gave gaskin the opportunity last week and he looked pretty good so i'm guessing it's going to be a week-to-week thing with the dolphins it's nice that gaskin is doing good work as a pass as a receiver in the passing game and he's the type of running back where you just need to get by for a couple of weeks you shouldn't have to give up too much to get him but i wouldn't say all right i got miles gaskin i'm set at rb2 or i'm set at at RB3 for the rest of the season. I don't think we can say that about him. And as far as three sell-high potentials I wanted to ask you about, we're three players who are going to see perhaps a significant uh, player come back onto the team, or players. So you have Mike Kosicki, who's a top-five tight end. You have Dalton Schultz, who's a top-six tight end right now. And Dolphins could get a little healthier at wide receiver. But they they are they have the third most pass attempts in the NFL. They just can't run the ball. Dalton they have a hell of a schedule. Oh, too. he's got an amazing schedule, Mike Kosicki, Uh after Buffalo. Dalton Schultz, not a bad schedule too. But Michael Gallup coming back, and then Marquise Brown. You know, I don't know how it works out, but Sammy Watkins had seven eight targets in all four of his healthy games. Rashad Bateman's had six targets in two straight games. So. What happens to Brown after the bye if Watkins is back? Do you guys look at Gasicki, Schultz, or Marquise Brown and say, all right, I think I'm going to try to sell here. We've gotten the best so far. Yeah. Maybe not Brown. Um, I th- I think Gallup could definitely impact Schultz's target share. Um, I think Parker slash Fuller could definitely impact Gasicki. I'm less convinced that a rookie wide receiver is going to make a big impact on Marquise Brown with the way he's played. It's kind of what we've said about some of the elite tight ends, and I've said it about Mark Andrews. Like A guy is one of their best players. I'm not sure a rookie is going to come in and and negatively impact that in a big way. Do you have any other buy lows or sell highs that you guys feel very strongly about? Dave does. I do when it comes to Elijah Mitchell, but I don't think we can call him a buy low. I just think he's a buy. I think that the way that the 49ers used him coming out of their bye week was impressive. I thought he ran well. I think their schedule 
Uh, I think toward the end of the year, I think it's going to be good for them. I, I think Mitchell's a running back that you can look at and say, he's my RB2 rest of season, and you should trade for him accordingly. And even after our show yesterday, I moved him up again in the trade chart. So he's he's ranked accordingly, and he still isn't as expensive as I think he could be, especially considering that he's not a passing downs running back for the Niners. Mm-hmm. I um I'm gonna you were we ready for the Heat's going to say something he regret. Oh no, I was ready, but Heath froze. Wow, God stopped him. <laughs> he was about to say something and then shut down. All right, I'm gonna. Oh, Heath, you're back. You back? I, I'm I'm here. I'm okay, here. We yeah. missed everything you said. You're I feel like you were about to say something that you're gonna regret. That's it. Are you ready for the Heath's going to say something he regrets? I'm I ready. I think Jamar I think Jamar Chase is a uh is a potential sell high. And I hate to say it, but like if you give him AJ Brown's career efficiency, and AJ Brown's basically been the most efficient wide receiver in the NFL over the past three years. If you give him A.J. Brown's career efficiency, he loses about 22 fantasy points off of what he has scored so far this season. His touchdown rate is yards per target. It's ridiculous. He's awesome. He's the number one wide receiver in Dynasty. I don't think he's a top five Dynasty wide re- or redraft wide receiver. That's right. He's sixth. <laughs> he's I awesome. would put him closer to 12. Okay. Um, I don't want to challenge that, but I do want to agree with you that if you can get a haul for Jamar Chase, you know, kind of the same boat where if you're fighting for your playoff lives, life each week here, you're three and four, something like that. You should be able to trade Chase to the first or second place team in your league right now for a couple of very good starters. Okay, I've got a couple of mystery boxes for you, Jamar Chase managers. You can have Jamar Chase, or you can have a mystery box with two NFC West running backs, or a mystery box with... An NFC North running back and wide receiver. I'm not trading Chase for a mystery box. Okay. No, I would have to what I was receiving to trade. Okay. I agree. Right. Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, obviously. Um, well, if you I want, can't think. Do you want that? No. Do you want the NFC North mystery box? What is it? I can't tell you. You have to you have to guess. It's an NFC North running, don't want running back and wide receiver or Jamar Chase. Nope. Heath? Do not want. No. Okay. Probably a good choice. It was David Montgomery and Adam Thielen. All right. Apple Podcast questions and emails to end the show. Java MC says uh, he's giving up hope in his dynasty league. He's looking for next year. Gives up Dalvin Cook and Russell Wilson. Gets a first-round pick. Oh, sorry. He gives up Cook, Wilson, and Chenault. He gets a first-round pick, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, and K.J. Osborne. Ooh, I don't like it at all. Big question mark with those those Rams running backs. Yeah. The first-round pick probably won't be a top-six pick because you're giving this team so many... Well, you're giving them Cook anyway. All right, let's... So, yeah, yeah, you're nay. I'm thinking nay. Yeah. I think you need to ask for a little bit more than that for Dalvin Cook. Agreed. From Grant Witcher. Dear Arthur, Oswald, Edward, and Victor. Villains. I don't know them. Give me the names again. Arthur, Oswald, Edward, and Victor. Oswald and Edward are villains from Batman. Oh, they probably all are. Yeah, I think Victor is too. Not sure about the Arthur. I picked up Ertz. Now I have him in Pitts. Which one should I trade, Ertz or Pitts? Ertz. Cool. Okay. Uh, From Blakester. I play in a weekly DraftKings league with people from high school. It's two bucks per man a week, and I have won it three weeks in a row for a total of 25 bucks per week. I'm getting accused of cheating because I have my redraft leagues linked to Fantasy Pro's tool MVP level. It does not have DFS tools. Do I just tell them to kick rocks and draft better players? Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. You found your way to build a, a DFS lineup. <laughs> Stick with it. And this is from LC. I've been listening since 2012. Wow. Great nice. trade. 
I give up Chris Godwin and Miles Gaskin. I get Antonio Gibson and Kenny Galladay. Godwin and Gaskin. Uh, no. Yeah, no. I can't do that. Yeah. All right, emails, fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Brian from PDX says uh, he has Michael Thomas. He now has to add, he has to drop someone to activate Michael Thomas. Debo, DJ Moore, Antonio Brown, or Tyler Lockett? Or Thomas? Oh, because he's only allowed to have four wide receivers. Yeah, so who do you drop here? Got to be Lockett. I think it's Lockett. From Austin, I need serious help at wide receiver. I traded Eckler for Devontae Adams and Damian Harris. Grade the trade. Half PPR. I think it's fine. I think that's a good return on Eckler. From Matthew, grade the trade. 10-team PPR. Give up Kelsey and Sutton. This is a tough one, I think. Give up Kelsey and Sutton. Get Noah Fant and Cooper Cup. I like the cup side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel more confident that Fant's going to be a starting tight end than Sutton's going to be a starting wide receiver. Mm-hmm. From GR Truck, who wins this 12 team half PPR dynasty league trade? The Clyde Edwards Elair side or the Damian Harris and Travis Etienne side? Harris and Etienne. Yeah. I'd rather take two swings at a young running back than one. And that's it for fantasy football today. Thanks so Wait. much for listening. I need to uh I need to wish a very oh. happy birthday. Yes. yes thank you. Uh, Sorry about that. To little 104 years young today. You know, as we've been going through the uh the pandemic, wow. you've heard people reference the 1918 pandemic. She survived the 1918 pandemic. She worked at Walt Disney World during the grand opening. Hmm. And so I heard from her friend, Lauren, over the past couple weeks, just about what a blessing she's been to so many people over her life. And I just wanted to wish her a very happy birthday. That's awesome. Happy birthday, 104. That is awesome. All right, good stuff. Great way to close the show. And we will talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC Home. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.